And let's talk about vibrant greatness. Yeah, so when it, when it comes to greatness, Jesus, uh, as Jesus did with a lot of things, uh, kind of approaches greatness in a way that is just not, it's countercultural. It's different than the world uh, portrays greatness. And we want to talk to you about that. Jesus actually said in a few different instances, he said that if you want to be great, you become a servant. And that is just really not right? the way that the world is wired. So this morning, we want to go to a story in the Old Testament of a young boy named Samuel in 1 Samuel chapter 3 and talk about his serving. He's in the temple of God. He is basically has a life that will be committed to serving God, and there's so much for us to learn through his life. Yeah. In fact, does anybody remember Samuel's mom's name? Just shout it out. Hannah. Hannah was Samuel's mom. And Hannah prayed for a child. And finally, this boy Samuel was born. And she brought him to the temple and said to Eli the priest, I want Samuel to serve God all the days of his life. And so would you let him intern here? Would you let him do his internship here for the rest of his life? Mm-hmm. I mean, how many of you would do that with one of your kids? Like, Turn them over to the workforce. Certain days, at yes, three years definitely. old, right? Certain days. Yeah, and so Samuel ends up living in the temple under the tutelage of Eli, learning the priesthood. He became a judge. He was a prophet, and this this kid was in seminary at three years old. Really cool. amazing. So First Samuel chapter three. If you have your Bibles, you can open it on your phone or live or you can watch up on the screens. Mm -hmm. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. And then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. And again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. How many of you have kids like that that get up all night long? tell you God's saying stuff to him, right? It's biblical. Mm -hmm. It's biblical. Anyway, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up, went to Eli, and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So I want to go back to that for a second. And so he says, go lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Interesting, because how many of you came to faith before you heard God speak to you? Just let's, let's get a show of hands. 
That, that would be me. I didn't hear God speak to me, but I heard from other people. I heard about God, and I wanted to know God because I found out, like, God is awesome. I mean, I, I look at the stars and the sky and the clouds and my dog and my kids and my friends, and I say, God is awesome. I want to know God. Who is the author of all of this? And so when um, we hear from Jesus in the scripture we already read that God said the way to be great uh, is to become a servant, we're really learning that even what God has done for us has been service. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many of you feel like some of the relationships you have, like God did that for me? And you just say, I can't believe that, right? Skylar and Jacob, you can't believe that. You're about to get married, right? I can't believe God's doing this for us. You know, when you are, when you experience a good friend, you say, this is great. How in the world? And God has given God's own self to bless you in so many ways, so many ways that we cannot even count. And the basics for greatness are more simple than we know. When we think about Samuel being left in the temple and getting trained under Eli to do work. Can everybody say work? Work. Let's try that word again. Ready? Work. Work. And how many of you love what you do? Just think about that. How, I, I mean, you, well, you have to say that because you're do. standing up here I do, right yeah. Now. I thought this is yeah. being Although our friend recorded. Chris says to us all the time, you guys have the worst job ever. Like, people love you, then they hate you. Then they love you, then they hate you. And, you know, and some of them never love you. You know, and so he says, I say, well, we really love what we do. So we're probably unaware of all the people who hate us. But do you love what you do? Do you love your job? You know, there is um, a profound greatness when the greatness in you meets with the need in the world. And you do that work. Like, like a lot of us maybe got drugged to church and we decided we did not like church. Samuel never fell out of love with church. From the time he was a little boy, he actually could have ditched it, but he didn't. But here Samuel is this little boy and he hears God's voice. And the things that he had to learn were like keep the flame burning. Can you all say keep the flame burning? Keep the flame burning. You know any good relationship you have, you need to keep the flame burning. Mm -hmm. Amen? Right? You got to stoke the fire. You got to keep the flame burning. And so Samuel's job as a little boy was to keep the flame burning. He was in the house of God, and it said, and the, the lamp of the Lord or the light of the Lord had not yet gone out. So there was a chance it was going out. One of the reasons was Eli, he was not a, uh, always doing so great. One day he was a great priest, one day he was missing it. One day he was all in it, another day he was totally lackadaisical. And so he was not keeping the flame burning, but Samuel was going to be the one to keep it burning. Keep the flame burning. Just want to ask you, how is your flame for your work right now? How hot are you for the things you do? You know, when you're thinking about Labor Day, are you glad you're off or can you just not wait to get back on Tuesday and do that thing God created you to do? How's the flame for what you do? Like Malachi just got a promotion. He's sergeant now, and now he gets to be in church on Sunday mornings. I'm just like celebrating that, right? And he's like, I love it. It's, this is, he's, there's a flame going on for him. 
Is the flame burning for you in what you do? And if it isn't, talk to God about that. What can I do to keep the flame burning? I remember when we first gave our lives to Christ, and I, I wanted to serve God in every way, shape, and form. I, I didn't care what it was, what we did. I wanted to do it. It didn't matter if I was picking up bulletins or running the projector or what it was. I wanted, I was, I honestly, can I just say this? I was hot for God, just so you know. I was so hot for God that I told Scott, no more monkey business. Or actually, you told me first. That's true. Wow. This is, this is going places right? here. Yeah. Because, because. Well, that was before we got married. There was more oh, yeah, business yeah. after we got married. Okay. That's how we have children. So, yeah, we're talking yeah. about, we're talking about, like, when we gave our lives to Christ, we made decisions to yes. be hot for God. That's true. Like, the That's flame true. was going to burn for God first, exactly. friends. And when the flame burns for God first, you just watch out because torches light up all over the place. God will bless you. Yeah. You got to keep the flame burning. So what's the flame like in your life right now? Just, mm-hmm. just wonder about it. And if it's flickering, it's just know God will send someone with a song, you know, mm-hmm. or a word or a Bible verse. If you're in the household of faith, you'll mm-hmm. actually someone, because I got to tell you, there've been times my light was getting dim and someone just came up and went, mm-hmm. I was praying for you last night. And here was what God showed me. I got to tell you, that keeps the flame stoked up. We need the people of God to keep the flame burning. Yeah, and so what we see with Samuel is, as Claire said, Hannah brings Samuel, and there's like this honor of serving. When the question uh, needs to be asked, I think, for us is when did serving not be, be when, is it, when did it stop being cool? It's just serving is inconvenient, right? The second thing that we see is serving isn't always cool, and sometimes it is really inconvenient, right? Um, And somehow culturally, we've gone from really kind of cheering on serving uh, into one, everybody wants to be the boss. Just we look at Facebook or Instagram, everybody wants to be in charge, everybody wants to be large and in charge, right? Right, or the star or, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, and then we have this misconception that leadership uh, is this place that can eliminate service in our life. And actually the opposite is true. Leadership probably should call for a deeper level of service. So Samuel is learning how to serve. And the truth about any of us, for instance, if we want to lead, if you want to lead but not serve, you won't last in leadership. If you want to be great and you don't serve, you're going to miss out on the greatness that God Mm -hmm. created you for. So essentially what Jesus is saying is the only job really in the kingdom is to serve. That we're all called to serve. We're all invited to be servants. Jesus himself took on the form of of a servant, the scripture says. Right before his death, remember, he girds a towel around himself. He he kneels down uh, on the ground and begins to wash the disciples' feet. One of the last pronounced activities that Jesus does. Paul highlights it in Philippians and says that Jesus did this. He lowered himself as he washed their feet. And the reality of it is, is... um, This is an upside-down way of thinking that service is really the highest call in any of our lives. Mm -hmm. 
it's the place that we're invited to. I was laughing with a couple of guys I was talking to recently. We were having a meeting about something, and one of the guys was talking about the place that he works, and he's in supervision. And one of the other supervisors had told him that somebody had recently called in and said, I'm not going to be coming into work today because I'm itchy. And he said, I just am so glad I didn't get the itchy call. He said, can you imagine getting the itchy call? And he said, the worst part about it is the person didn't even need to come into the office. They could do the work from home, but they were too itchy. When did we ever get okay with too itchy was a good reason to not serve or not work, right? How many of you have gone to work and you were itchy? (laughs) Right? Like you needed Benadryl or something like that, right? Ezra, I bet you've been itchy doing your football stuff. Can you tell your coach, (laughs) I'm not doing this today, I'm itchy? I mean, when did we stop loving work? Right. Right? When did we stop loving the work that we're created to do? Right. And the kingdom work that we're invited to do. When did things like it's raining today, so that's not going to work. It's sunny today, so I can't work. It's, it's snowing today, so I, I, I don't want to serve today. It's windy today. My hair is going to get messed up, so I don't want to serve. It's a holiday weekend, so I shouldn't serve. I'm off today, so I don't want to serve on the day I'm off. Or I'm working today, so I don't want to do extra work and serve on that day. If we're not careful, here's the reality. When Jesus says... If you want to be the greatest, and then he exemplifies it. If you want to be the greatest, Mm -hmm. if you want to be great, you serve. We need to be careful to make sure that our expectation for our own life, that our requirements aren't more than Jesus had. That if Jesus, the creator of all the universe, the one that fashioned and formed each one of us, if Jesus says the best thing about your life is Mm. your service, You can find out so much about yourself, and you really can change the world through service. We need to be careful that we do not put requirements on our life that Jesus would have never put barriers to our serving. Yeah, and, and, you know, one of the miracles that happens is when we serve, stuff happens. Mm -hmm. Stuff happens when we serve. So, Matt, I, you know, I was watching you today. You walked around, I think, to at least 10 people who were volunteering and told them, what they were doing was awesome. And you had no idea we were going to be talking about this today. But I heard you say, I so appreciate that, that you did for us this morning. When you did that, that just strengthened me. Uh, you know, stuff happens when you serve. Do you ever notice that? Like when you're serving at the food pantry, do you get more blessed than even the person you're blessing? Could you just say hallelujah if that's true? Yeah. I mean, it's true. Like when you are serving, it is more blessed to serve than to receive. It is. When you've been a part of encouraging somebody and you know that, I, what, hey, where's Shauna? I saw your cover story, your Facebook cover picture, and it said something about, I'm here to inspire people, something like that. What did it say, Shauna? <laughs> You're supposed to have your phone out taking notes. Right, right, Come right. On. So, yeah. That's right. That, oh, look at her, pen and paper. Way to go, girl. Something like, I want to inspire you. I want to hear from somebody that I helped you keep going. It was something like that. Yeah? Close enough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So what we know is that every one of us has a gift to employ. And when we're living in that kind of service to other people, you're going to love yourself even more. 
And, you know, you can't love others if you don't love yourself. God says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and love your neighbor as... And if we're hating our lives, right? If we're not feeling the goodness of our lives, Mm -hmm. we won't be able to bring that goodness to other people. Stuff happens when we serve you guys. I love this scripture. But they that wait, can you say it with me? But they who wait for the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So a lot of people think like that scripture is, so those that wait for the Lord. I'm waiting, are you? I'm waiting. Just waiting for Jesus to do something big in this service. Just waiting for Jesus. I'm just waiting. I'm here. I'm waiting. And that word wait really is about service. It's about, are you waiting on the Lord? Are you serving? I'm telling you, those who wait on the Lord, they will run. This is not a sit-down idea. It's about running. It's about soaring, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that is not a sitting idea, is it? Mm -hmm. You guys, are you with me? You're scaring me right now. Because when we think waiting is about sitting, we are going to miss what God is doing in our soaring. There is something about God will raise you up. God will give you the ability to soar on wings like eagles. And it happens through serving. Yes. And this kind of waiting, like waiting tables. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Are you with me? Yes. Okay, say amen, Claire. Amen, Claire. Okay. Yeah, so anybody that, uh, you, well, you asked the question, you know, how many feel like they, when they've served, that they've actually received more than they've given. The truth of the matter is, is there is a treasure in our service mm-hmm. that we do not get in other ways. It's a gift of service that comes to us. So grateful for that. The other thing here is that God calls all of us. God calls Samuel. God calls all of us, right? So here's the picture, right? Samuel's a little boy, lays down, trying to get some sleep. Just picture yourself. (laughs) However, you go to bed at night, you're in that spot where you kind of fluff up your pillow. You pull the blanket over, you get in that fetal position or whatever you do, that sweet spot. And then all of a sudden God calls him and wakes him up. And then this happens three times, right? Every time he gets kind of snuggled in, he's getting ready to go back to sleep, God wakes him up again. Somehow or another, uh, we we have gotten this perception that God would never interrupt our comfort. God would never interrupt, like God would never do that to us or to anyone else. But he does it here to Samuel, right? I remember when our kids were growing up, one of the stories that they love to tell now that they're all adults is uh, one of the things, Claire and I certainly are not perfect parents. Uh, We're good enough parents. That's our goal, just to be good enough. (laughs) Anyway, um, some days we're not even that, but we're working on it. Anyway, so the one, one of the stories they love to tell is about when they were little, uh, when they were still in, uh, primary school, whatever, is when they would get up and say, I'm sick, I'm not feeling well, and then, you know, I would question that. I wouldn't question it outwardly. It's just like, yeah, I know, you're just tired. You just want to sleep all day and watch Gilligan's Island or something. Anyway, or I don't know, Backyardigans, I guess it would be for them. So um, I would say, well, let's do this. You take a shower, and then when you're done with the shower, you go to, you know, get dressed and see how you're feeling. So they get in the shower, and then, of course, they would say, still not feeling good. So I'd say, well, how about if you get dressed, 
we get in the car, so we do that, and I'd say, see how you feel, I'm still then not feeling Then they say, good. I'm itchy. Yeah, so then we would, <laughs> we would go to school, I'd get them to school, and I'd say, you, you go to school for a couple hours, and if it's bad, go down to the office, call them, we'll see. And then by the time they call about the third time, it's the day's over, right? So they laugh about it like, you know, uh, you just would not let us stay home from school, which isn't totally true, but at some point. But... Um, at some point, we need to realize that God calls something out of us. The reason that I would do that, for instance, is I'm just trying to call a discipline out of my kids. Mm-hmm. And they're great hard workers, right? So we implement those things in our kids. This is what's happening with Samuel, and this is what happens with us. We get invited to serve. Mm-hmm. God is inviting Samuel to serve, to learn how to hear God's voice And it's this process. And sometimes we feel really comfortable. We feel like we're kind of tucked in for the night. And God says, I would love for you to do this thing. Why do we get to this place where we think that God may be so polite, more polite than all of us are, that he wouldn't call something great out of us? Service is inconvenient at times. Service calls us out of things that maybe would seem to be more comfortable, but it calls out the best Mm -hmm, in us. mm -hmm. It calls out greatness that is in us. This is what Jesus was saying. So when you look at the basics of greatness, you are in God's plan for greatness, whether you're young, you're old, you're female, you're male, you're non-poor, you're rich, you are financially challenged, you're dark-skinned, you're light-skinned. You are called to God's service. Um, let, my mom used to say, God don't make no junk. And so every person here is called to greatness. Whether you are practicing greatness on this day or not, you are called to greatness. And there is something really wonderful about this exchange between Eli and Samuel. Samuel is young. Eli is old. Eli can't hear at night. God's talking. I mean, God's probably got a pretty good voice. Like, Hey, Samuel, but Eli's going deaf because he's old. Anybody hearing challenge like me, right? You get older, you start losing your hearing. The young boy can hear God calling. Eli can't hear. When Samuel hears it, he jumps out of bed. Eli's not jumping out of bed anymore. Eli's laying there because he's older. You don't jump out of bed when you're Eli's age. You ease out of bed, (laughs) right? You ease out of bed. But here's the deal. If you go back and read the scripture, Eli is ready for action, but he doesn't know it's God. I'm sorry. Samuel's ready for action, and he's young, but Eli perceives that it's God and starts to tell him about God. Young people, you need old people. Old people, you need young people. There are things that young people can do. I'll tell you the things. When we planted this church in our 20s, we can't do those anymore. We're looking for some 20-year-old able-bodied people. I'm just telling you. right? I got a call this week from a 28-year-old female. And she just said, I really feel God's calling me to do something at the church. Would you tell me what to do? And she said, I don't know that I hear God's voice very well. I said, I'm going to help you learn both of those things. And we're getting together. I want to tell you something. There, you need a mentor in your life. And if you're, if you're an old person, you need young people in your life. We need each other. Nobody checks out of this thing. We are all called, my friends. This kingdom to bring God's goodness on the earth. You know, if you haven't had the blessing of serving, you just don't know how good it is. 
right? I, I want you to just wonder with yes. God, what is God inviting you to do on this day? Mm-hmm. What is it that God has made you for? I, I'm telling you, you're called for greatness. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, making himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant. I, don't, I mean, God becomes a servant. So, so wonder how you're serving right now. Where are you serving? Where are you serving? In Ephesians, it says, and he himself, meaning Jesus, gave some to be apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Can you read this with me? For For the the equipping equipping of of the the saints saints for the the work work of the ministry. ministry. Can you say work? Work. When I see Doug Worth vacuuming the sanctuary, I have to tell you, my heart, I, I just, my heart is full because he's not only an author of several books, he vacuums our sanctuary right, for right. us, guys. That's, that is, yeah. I got to tell you, but there's going to be a day when Doug can't vacuum no more, no more. I don't know, he still walks like 20 miles a day, but, but the truth is, is that where are you serving in the kingdom of God, Right? I love. So then, as we have occasion, we should work good toward all, especially toward, say it with me, those Those of the the household household of faith. faith. Wow. Oh, and here's my favorite. Jesus teaches his disciples with me, pray Pray the Lord Lord of the the harvest harvest to send send out laborers. Into the harvest. Not, Not superstars. We're looking for laborers, Right? I got to tell you, when I, see, when I see Bruce Allen up in the lift changing the light bulbs for us, I think Bruce is like 65 now. When I see Charles, I, you can't believe what Charles does in this congregation. I, I'm not going to tell you how old he is because nobody would ever believe it because he's such a young whippersnapper. But I'm telling you, when I see that, I just say, to, I say oh, God, thank you that these guys are going to go out flaming. And yet, you know, who are going to be the people who come after who are going to be those that say, I got that, Charles. I'm, I'm taking over that thing for you. So let's just wonder, where's the flame? If you're not hot for God right now, find something to do and fire up. If, if your relationship with God is kind of dim, you know, find something to labor in. Because there are people who have not yet met Jesus. And I think, you know, I love, I love the weeks that I get to sit here and just receive and be blessed. But I have to tell you that um, if, we're all, if, if we aren't doing more than sitting and being blessed, we're missing out on the best part of it. Yeah. The very best part of it. Because the blessing is when we have a mind like Christ and we become bondservants and we start saying, what, what else, right? So Jesus said, can you say it with me? Whoever, Whoever wants, wants to be, be great, great must be, be a servant. servant. Let's stand together. So first, in our hearts, can we just begin to thank God for all the people who labored to make this day to come and sing and worship and hear God's word possible? Can we just thank God for the people who filled the candles and the candle wall, who erased the whiteboard so you could write your prayers there? the people who cut the communion and poured the wine, the people who set the chairs up, who set up the music. Can you just let your heart fill to wherever? Oh, God, can we say thank you for people who are teaching our children about Jesus right now? Let your heart fill up 
with gratitude for the people who are teaching the next generation about Jesus and the love of God. And then together, everybody, can we pray that God will send the laborers, that on this Labor Day weekend, that there might be awakening, awakening, uh, a quickening in the hearts of each of us to say, how can I keep the message of Christ alive where you've called me to worship? How can I be a part of that, God? What large or small ways can I be a part of that? Every one of us, God has a place. I pray you wake us up in the middle of the night and say our name. Or before we ever know it's you saying it, that we would just begin to work with you and walk with you and see how you do it through the words of scripture and through older mentors. God, keep the flame alive in us, we pray. Open the eyes of our heart. Open our ears, God, that we can listen. Teach us how to walk with you and work with you and learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And God, so that the whole world will know of your great love for us. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you.
if you just remain standing for another couple of minutes, um, I have a 15-minute dissertation I want to share with you. Um, just, a, just one or two things that uh, came to me as we were listening to the message today. Um, no matter what you do, I've had a lot of different jobs in my time. And um, I remember being a stock boy on a midnight shift in a food fair supermarket, um, cleaning toilets for a trucking company. That, that was interesting. Uh, but what came to me over the years is no matter what we do, if we take ownership, do it not griping or wishing we were doing something else, but actually looking at what we're doing and how well we're doing it. We walk away from it feeling like we've accomplished something and, and feeling like we've done a good thing. And, uh, you know, I had a very, very challenging career, a lot of responsibility, a lot of stress. There were ups and downs, just like in a lot of your situations with your jobs. Um, probably times when you said, you know, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. But every time I did that, I felt like God was saying, look at what you're doing. Look at what you're doing and what it's doing for you. So I just wanted to share that before we close. And uh, the other thing I wanted to share is being a servant. Um, we're watching our, our children's uh, children, our grandchildren, and um, taking care of their dog. So it was 1130 the other night, and I started to get into the bed, and my wife said, the dog. We didn't let the dog out. So at 11.30, I got up, and I went to let the dog out to go potty. Is that servanthood? Is that awesome? And I got home, and I got to bed at 12.30. So uh, the other thing I wanted to share is uh, I got this um, text message at 7.25 this morning saying, will you do the benediction and the blessing today? So here I am, being obedient and being a servant. So I'd like to read this, and I'll read it in a way that we can uh, I'll let it sink in a little bit. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And it's so important to read the word, and it will dwell in us richly. Teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. Thanks to God through, through the... How does this read? Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So as we depart today, try to remember uh, what we've heard this morning and to utilize it to give us strength and to help us to keep going forward. God bless you. Thanks for being here, and we hope to see you next week.